0: Weather and science across the globe The Weather Jazz Podcast I can't think of anyone who doesn't like Fridays Andre throws caution to the wind with Open Line Friday Buckle up and get ready Launching in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather science, earth science, and even some off-topic things. We'll cover a little bit of that today as we go hunting for yet another song that Shazam could not identify. Of course, I talked about that last Friday, and today is... Friday. More on that in just a second. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bronier, And I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WGW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 347 for Friday. July 15th, the midpoint of meteorological summer. We made it 2022. And a couple of interesting notes. Before we hit our main topic today, and that is, again, a song that Shazam! could not figure out. That's coming up, but have you noticed that we've lost 17 minutes of daylight since the first day of summer? And a lot of people are scratching their heads, or at least some may think, Hey, wait a second, why doesn't the longest day of the year coincide with the warmest day of the year climatologically, and that typically is in late July and early August, and your observations are certainly noted, and that is because there is a lag time between the time at which the sun is highest in the sky and when we see our warmest temperatures, and also vice versa, because the shortest day of the year in the northern hemisphere is typically December 21st, and it's not the coldest. The coldest comes a little bit later, in January, typically, and thus a lag time. And part of the reason, although not all of it, part of the reason is that much of the Earth's surface is, in fact, covered with water. Much of the Earth is water, and water is a stabilizing factor in terms of temperature. Water has a very high specific heat As a result of that, it is essentially a great battery for heat and for the lack thereof. So in the summertime, the sun's energy goes into that battery, warming up the water. And of course, as the sun begins to head back into the southern hemisphere later in summer, that water is still in the process of warming up and starting to re-release back into the atmosphere and thus climatologically. The warmest part of the year is after the sun makes its highest impact on the Earth's surface in the Northern Hemisphere. And again, the same goes in the opposite direction. So there is a lag time. And that's only part of the reason, certainly a big part of it, but it certainly goes a long way at explaining the reason why we see our highest temperatures in mid to late July and early August, as opposed to right around June. 21st. Now, before I take a break, I'd also like to address one more thing. And most of you who are meteorology fans probably know this full well. And I'm sure that uh, someone in the social media world meant this perhaps tongue in cheek. However, I must draw your attention to this. And I posted something on my website, AndreBernier.com. And I used the title, Details Count. You see, yesterday on the air, I did mention that in this pattern, and it wasn't the first time, by the way. It's been over the course of the last several days, perhaps even about a week. I've been mentioning that in this pattern, that reaching 90 degrees would be difficult. I did not say it would be impossible, but I did say it would be pretty difficult And last night, I also looked at the 8-day and said, okay, it looks like we'll get close a couple of times, but that the vast majority of the really super hot weather would be in the South Central Plains and Southwest. That's where the heat dome is. And it appears as though it's going to stay there for the next 10 days or so. So when I go out of my way to really get very detailed, I do so for a very specific reason. It's because some people maybe hear something different or maybe receive it or interpret it differently. It's just one of those things that comes with being on television and being in the media. But someone said, Andre Bernier says no 90 degree days over the next 10 days. And Jen Harcher was calling for a 90 degree day early next week. Who's going to be right Well, I'm sure, again, it was tongue-in-cheek, but I had to pull this out and answer that in the social media world. And my answer was, correction. My exact phraseology was that hitting 90 degrees in this pattern would be difficult, capitalized. Implies not impossible. I also did say that we would come close a few times. Please don't put words in my mouth capitalized for emphasis no i'm sure it was done in tongue-in-cheek mode however it is one of those things that when you're on the air you would love for people to grab onto the real nuances or the details of what is being said now granted it all happens so quickly in that two and a half or three minute weathercast that it's tough to grab onto some of those details but as i always like to say Details are important, and in this particular case, I just had to pull out my exact phraseology to clarify the fact that I did not say that we would not hit 90. I just said that it would be difficult. There's a big difference between the two. It's my guess that everybody who does listen to Weather Jazz on a regular basis gets that, and I appreciate your support, and thanks for letting me vent On this open line Friday, all right, when we come back, I'm going to get to that song that Shazam could not identify from the fall of 1980. It's the second of two songs, and let's see if you can beat Shazam. We'll play that game coming up. We're back, and it's Friday, open line Friday. Before we get into that song... A quick little adjustment to today's program is the fact that I will not be reading from Alex Price's book, Never Give Up, Chapter 2. I'm going to reserve that for next Friday. As best as I can tell right now, that's what I am planning. So if you're looking for and waiting for Chapter 2, and believe me, it's a great chapter, especially one particular part of the book. How's that for a promotion and a coming up next week announcement? I will plan on having that next week. But right now, let me play for you in total the song, by the way, which you heard a little part of in the scoped version of my 1980 college radio show at WWLR in Lindenville. It's a great tune. You may even recognize this band for their two hits that went way up in the Billboard uh, Top 40 chart earlier in 1977 and again in 1978. But this one didn't do quite as well, but you still may recognize who this band is. I think you've got a better shot at it than last week. Yet, again, Shazam could not identify it. Here we go. Here's that song from October of 1980. I'll talk more about who this is right after you listen to this song. enjoyed that tune. Did you recognize the band? Very popular in the late 1970s and even the early 1980s. The band? Well, they're from the California area. I believe it is the San Francisco area that the band had its origin. And if you said it was Pablo Cruz, you are absolutely spot on. Now, this was the title cut from their October 1979 release of an album which was called Part of the Game. Now, it's interesting to note the timing of the release of this album. It was 1979 in October. For those of you that lived through the 1970s know full well that the late 1970s belonged to the disco crowd. That was the Saturday Night Fever crowd. That began late in 1977 and peaked in 1979 and pretty much faded as a flash in the pan by the time 1980 and 81 arrived. However, at the very, very peak, there were an awful lot of record producers that were encouraging their bands on their labels to start producing at least a couple of cuts on every album that were dance-oriented or disco Oriented, A good example of that would have been the band Rosebud, who was essentially a hard rock band, and they were signed to the Warner Brothers label. Warner Brothers asked Rosebud if they would please put a disco song on their next album. Now, asking a hard rock group to do that was like putting nails on a chalkboard. It's not something that they really wanted to do. But they were strong-armed into it. So they thought, okay, what is one song that we could disco that would turn the stomach of everybody? Rosebud decided to take a Pink Floyd song by the name of Have a Cigar. It was actually the third track on Pink Floyd's 1975 album. They took that song and completely discoized it. Now... I had not been familiar with that song at all because it was a genre I wasn't paying much attention to in the mid-1970s, nor was it a band that I was following. However, I'm certainly very well aware of the disco version that was recorded and released by Rosebud in the late 1970s. I won't play it here, but just to give you a flavor as to what was happening between record producers and bands at the time. Now, I'm not exactly sure just exactly how willing of a player Pablo Cruz was in getting on board with the disco train, which was certainly high in gear in the late 1970s. But they capitulated, at least to some degree, and began to add a little more of a dance flavor to their albums. And of course, that's what the result was when they released in October of 1979, their studio album, part of the game. And we just heard the title track of it. Certainly, it had a danceable element to it, but it didn't go total disco. But you could certainly play it in a nightclub, and I think people would probably get up and dance to it. However, in October of 1980, disco was starting to fade already. And that album, their third studio album, marked the decline And the band's popularity and the album only managed to reach number 39 on the album chart in the USA. There was one single that was released from the album. It was called I Want You Tonight. It was not part of the game, which is the song that you just heard, the title track. But the song I Want You Tonight did reach number 19 on Billboard's Hot 100 Singles chart. Pablo Cruz did go on to record and release two more albums. The first one in July of 1981 called Reflector, and in September of 1983 called Out of Our Hands. And the two big hits from Pablo Cruz, you may remember them again if you grew up in the 1970s, was What You Gonna Do. That was their first big hit in 1977. It went to number six on the U.S. Billboard 100 chart, and the next big hit was Love Will Find a Way, also went up to number six in 1978. Now, the album that we just heard from, they had one release, I Want You Tonight hit number 19. They had one more pretty decent hit from the album Reflector in 1981. It went to number 13, and it was called Cool Love. And after that, Pablo Cruz, began to fade into the sunset. How about that for an open line Friday segment? Hope you enjoyed it and help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence. Social media, email, word of mouth, whichever way it is you love to communicate with your friends. It is Friday. It's my day to brag on those that have stepped alongside me to keep Weather Jazz going. Utilizing the very best tools that I can to make Weather Jazz what it is today. In no particular order, I'll start in Ohio today. From Dale Osborne, thank you. Will and Tanya Krause, thank you so much. Brian and Christine Barnes and Rose Moore. In Tennessee, Andrea Rich. In Florida, Bill Martin. In Vermont, Victoria Singer and Kean Galunas. And in Northern Virginia, Neil and Don Manasa. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to add your name to that list, it's easy to become a supporter. All you have to do is find the link at the very top of weatherjazz.com and click on supporters. Not only will you see the names that I just mentioned, but also it'll tell you how you can add your name to that list. And we welcome absolutely everybody, especially if you enjoy this program. (laughs) Do you have a question or a topic suggestion? I welcome your input. You can reach me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, and also via voicemail from the Weather Jazz Podcast audience connect line, 234-525-5888. Click on the Contacts tab at the very top of weatherjazz.com to get all of that information. (laughs) Well, if you're listening to me from Northeast Ohio, we still need a little more rain to settle the dust what we received This week certainly helped a lot, but this weekend we'll have the opportunity to see a few more showers and thunderstorms develop. Right now, my pick day is Saturday if you want to get some outdoor work done. As the shower and thunderstorm risk will increase, the deeper we head into the weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch you on Monday. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz Podcast.